Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Jesus invested his life in men and women uh, before he went to the cross, and he was getting ready to uh, birth the church. That was kind of like the church in embryo, and on Pentecost, the church that was birthed. But since then, we've had to plant churches. And the Apostle Paul was busy doing that on his missionary journeys. And uh, we need to be busy doing that today. Um, I found out, I was talking to some missionaries in a denomination, and they were talking about the missions that really succeed in in difficult places, different countries, is those that start with a group and they plant a church and have strong leadership. Those are really good. So today we're going to be talking about that. Our co-host is Nathan Harper. Nathan, planted in churches, you know something about that. Well, a little bit. I know a lot about how not to go about planting <laughs> churches. Uh, a little bit of my experience and um, was 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 doing that. And, um, you know, it's funny when we were uh, on the field uh, we were actually I moved from Mississippi to Alabama to uh, to help plant a church, and uh, the church that we were attempting to plant for about two years, uh, things were going you know pretty well, but in the end we ended up not not being quote unquote successful in that. Uh, but, but we some actually, lives were changed. Yeah, time, it, it so. was. I mean, we we said you know the only way to really fail is is not to trust the Lord. Right. So, but we accidentally. Uh, planted a church uh, somewhere else where we were not even in, uh, intending to. Uh, so how does that happen? I don't know. Only God. That's right. Uh, let That's me right. just share this this phrase, and, and I, I do believe it, only God. The only reason churches exist today is only God. If, if all the other businesses is run more like churches, I'm afraid they'd fail. Have you ever heard this? You know, in most organizations, you have to tell how good you are to be a part of it. Uh, in a church, you got to tell how, how bad you yeah. are before you really, really get into his church. You may get into some churches, but to get into his church, you got to admit how right. sinful you are and how 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 you can't um, you don't measure up. You, right. you just don't measure up. I I love that. And yeah, so, I think the first time I uh, was able to uh, share the gospel with a, a Muslim, um, we were talking, and uh, I mentioned to him. I said, you know, to me. And this was before any sort of training or understanding that I that I had with uh, Islam um, in how to share the gospel with a Muslim. But I told him, I said, you know, in my mind, uh, the biggest difference between Christianity and Islam is in Islam, you have to make yourself worthy to be accepted by God. And in Christianity the way that you're accepted by God is to admit you're not worthy. You know? (laughs) I I know. Hey, as long as the church exists in reality, there will be mystery about it. Yeah. You know, Pentecost had some mystery about the birth. Uh, There's just mystery there. And and the person who says, man, I can understand it all, uh, 
I have to admit, Nathan, I wouldn't trust them very much at all because it yep. is there's some mystery in it and the Holy Spirit coming and how in the world does he work in us? But anyway, I could go on that subject forever, but we want to talk about planting a church. Yeah, and so you're not you're not listening to expert church planters uh, talk with you today about this, um, but I was uh, reading a few years ago uh, a book from, I would say, someone who, who would, you could probably call an expert uh, in church planting. There's a man named Neil Cole. He's out in uh, Southern California, um, done just a lot of incredible work, written some great books. Um, and I was reading from him. So this, uh, our talk today is really kind of a summary of some of uh, things I picked up from him. Um, but, you know, a sign of a good book, I would say, is it causes you to put it down and pick up the Bible. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. how I judge whether a book is good or not. It gets you back into God's Word and and so I was reading uh, one of his books and wanted to immediately pick up God's word and, and see what it says. And so I was reading in uh, Luke chapter 17. And in Luke 17, you see where Jesus, um, he's, he, took, he takes off for Jerusalem. Okay, he's going he's gonna to head toward Jerusalem. And, and he had already kind of prepared his disciples even previous that this is what he was going to do. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. I'm going to be raised again. Uh, But this is, you know, that was like the hinge of Luke. You can find it in Luke chapter 9 and 10. Uh, And so here all the way back into 17, he's actually going physically walking toward Jerusalem. Um, But to get a little background of where we're going to go with this, um, let's go over to Matthew. Uh, You know, when you study the Bible, sometimes, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, they're called the synoptic gospels. They work together. They fit together, and uh, they're not laid out chronologically the same, but you can find similar stories and even the same story just told in different ways in the different books. So if you looked in Matthew 16, Jesus would say uh, this is the first time the word church is mentioned in the New Testament, and Jesus said, I will build my church. church. Remember that? A couple chapters later, Matthew 18, he he mentions the word church again. He says... Uh, um, he he. The word church actually means called out ones, uh, but he's talking about in Matthew eighteen restoring fellowship with a with a brother or sister, um, and these are the only two places that Jesus or anywhere in the Gospels mentions the word church. That's kind of interesting. Don't it you is, think? and you know, I I guess what that tells you about is the people are more <laughs> the people that comprise the church yes. is the church. Right, the disciples. Yeah. yeah you find disciples mentioned all over all the place. All over. And we get, I, I think, you know, if we could come back to that, what Jesus did and made your own making disciples rather than the church or organization, I, I hate to say that, but I, I do believe that we would do better off. No, I, exactly right. Um, you know, we're commanded we're not commanded to plant churches. We're actually commanded to make disciples. And if we do that well and obey that and we do make disciples, guess what happens? Churches, churches are planted. Churches. Is that would that you call, and I'm using the word natural, in a progression? That would be the progression because once yeah. you become a disciple, there's a desire to gather together yes. with other disciples and you're going to form a, a church. And when you get together, you're going to do two things. You're going to meet and go out. Yes. I mean, that's that's just the way we... That's part of the 
I believe it is natural. It's natural or um, for a disciple of Jesus to want to do that to fellowship. Um, It has to be intentional as well. Uh, But you don't start planting churches. um, I think biblically by, you know, with like the outside in, like organizationally coming into a place, doing something. You start organically with with people, with disciples. Um, So Jesus mentions, you know, the church in Matthew. uh, And then he goes on in Matthew 19.1. It says that Jesus and his followers went away from Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. Okay. Now, this is where we jump back over to Luke 17. And it it corresponds to the text in Luke 17, verse 11. It says, Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So the same thing here, just Luke and Matthew record it just a little bit differently. So we're going to follow along in Luke between this point in Luke 17 up to the point where Jesus actually makes it into Jerusalem. And as we do that, we're going to find that um, he encounters uh, five different people or groups of people. and we're going to see how Jesus might go about planting a church. More specifically, who he would use to plant his church with. Okay, okay. we're not looking for a building. No. Uh, we're not looking for a plot to start a building. Uh, we're looking for people, right? That's right. And uh, Is that a key? It is a key. Oh, that, again, okay. like we said, the focus is on making disciples, not okay. really planting the church. Okay. Um, and so... We also must remember, keep in our minds always, that Jesus is the one that says he will build his church. Okay, so that this is Jesus' work. You know, Nathan, you're throwing a cog in a lot of folks' way of doing things. Well, it's not me. It's, you know, okay, let's, let's go Let's look ahead. at God's Word and see what it says. But, okay. Um, so as we, as we look at this, let's ask um, the question, can we actually see Jesus doing the work of a church planter as we read this? Okay, and then more importantly— where would Jesus plant his church? Among who would he plant his church? Another way would say, of saying that would be, who is Jesus' target audience? Yep. Okay. Amen. So uh, the first person that we see Jesus meeting or a group of people uh, is in verses 11 through 19 in, in, in Luke 17. Okay. It says, can I read verse 12 here? Go for it. Then he, as he entered a certain village... There met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now, okay. that just, that, th- afar off. Now, that was what they needed to do. They would have loved to have come closer, but because of their disease and because of their, uh, the society, those lepers were to keep a distance. And matter of fact, they had to let them know they were unclean. That's so right. They, when you see afar off, that is purposeful. Uh, because of their disease and because of culture. That's right. And so to make a long story short, we know Jesus heals them. He has them go and show themselves to the priest. But one out of those 10 lepers that has been healed turns and comes back to thank Jesus. Who is that? It was that man, it says. And when he came back, verse 17, where there are not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? That's right. were, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? So the man, the foreigner who was a leper, who had, who had been cleansed, who came back to thank Jesus, was actually a Samaritan. 
was one, besides being a leper who was despised by Jewish society, he was a Samaritan leper. That's like as bad as it gets. Double, yeah. double jeopardy, I'm yeah. telling you. He, he was on the downcast, yes. Okay, so this is the first person Jesus meets here as he's going toward Jerusalem is this Samaritan leper. Okay, let's I, I want to make a, one statement yeah. real quick to give glory. Okay, that's that's the whole purpose. And, and if you're wondering, how oh, does this really manage the church? What is the purpose of, of, of what we do? To give glory to the Lord. Amen. And here it is. Uh, Jesus even says, is just one come to give God the glory. So, yes, I'd say this is real relevant to planting a church or making disciples. All right. So the next uh, group of people that Jesus meets is in Luke 18. And I'll just read for us Luke eighteen fifteen through 17. It says, People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So who now is Jesus using to build his church? Okay, we've got lepers and infants here, children, really, children. And uh, Jesus is really, is he putting children up or is he putting adults down when he talks this way? Uh, I think he's talking about a matter of faith and trust. Yeah, that's right. And so another group of people, maybe not despised like Samaritan lepers would be, but Definitely, significant. Yeah, left left alone, pushed aside. Yeah, um, not seen as important. Uh, you know, because they're they're children. I have to throw this in just because I think it it kind of shows this point. Even today, there's a sense in some churches, in some places, where uh, children and young people are are not important in the life of a church. This was several years ago, but I have a friend who was a youth minister at a church, and he shows up. Uh, to a business meeting on a Wednesday night as the youth minister. Now, if you don't know what a Baptist business meeting is about, uh, don't worry, you're not missing anything really, really exciting. Uh, But at this particular night, someone in the church stands up to make a motion, and his motion was to disband the youth ministry because the youth were not able to work and, and have regular jobs, so therefore they were not able to tithe to the church, so they should not even worry about having a youth ministry. The church voted on it, and he left without you know, a position as a youth minister. No more youth, no more youth group in that church. Now, that shocked me when he told me yeah, about me. this. Um, I think if the disciples would have voted here, they'd have voted to keep the children away from Jesus. Yeah. I, uh, years ago, W.A. Crystal, great man of God, great preacher, uh, pastor of the First Baptist Church, Dallas, uh, I met him, and Nathan, uh, you were an infant, and I know you said this story, and he he talked about a little Baptist, called you that, but what he said later really impressed, and he said, you know, uh, preschoolers are the most important people in the church, and he said, I've never seen one come by themselves. They always bring people with them, and, you know, that elevated the ministry. Yeah, Yeah, they they bring someone with them. And, uh, you know, I know children have been dropped off, but when you get to preschoolers, you don't drop them off. Yeah. They, they come 
with someone. So a preschooler brings someone with them. I think that does show the importance here. W.A. Crystal caught the importance. We need to catch that importance as well. Yeah, so that's the second group of people that, uh, that Jesus meets on his way to Jerusalem. Right after this, the next verse, 18, uh, we see another individual who Jesus will meet. And it's a longer passage, so we're not going to read it. But if you look in eight, Luke 18, verses 18 through 30, we hear the story of Jesus talking with what we call the rich, young ruler. Right. Okay. And so how would you summarize this, this story for us? It was a, a man who uh, was, you know, I've got it all together. Uh, I really don't need anything, but you probably need me. Hmm. That's that's my thought, and God had something to tell him, and that's truth. You know, he said, uh, he said, I've kept all these things, and uh, then Jesus talked about how hard it is for a rich man to enter into glory, self sufficiency, yeah, self sufficiency. Would you call about materialism? Is that is yeah? There's probably some of that materialism, sure. yeah. So the disciples, though, I would say they were probably eager to have this guy join them. Oh, man. If, if, he, if he moved to town, <clears throat> all the people would come to the pastor and say, Pastor, you need to go visit this guy. <laughs> he would really add credibility and finances to our fellowship. Yeah, I, I got you, Nathan. They would. But in, in, in the end, this rich young ruler decided not to follow Jesus here. Uh, there's speculation that maybe later he did. But here in this text, he, he does not, he goes away sad. And instead of running after him and saying, wait, wait, I can, I can make a few exceptions for you. You, you can still follow me and, and keep your wealth and keep this attitude and uh, keep your station in life. No, Jesus doesn't do that. He lets him go. And out of the five people that Jesus encounters that we're talking about, um, this is one that gets away. And Jesus lets him lets him walk away. Chuck Swindoll, great, great preacher. Uh, he said, we must remember God does not run a bargain basement business. He does not lower his standard because the standard has already been lowered to the cross of Jesus Christ. And you come in by him. There is no other way. Amen. Uh, and and we got to keep true to the gospel. We were talking about that earlier. The gospel is so real. Here, I think Jesus does show the importance of of preaching truth and letting truth and the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, do its work, and not us try yeah, to right. try to replace that with our own ingenuity, our own desire. It is God that brings and gives the increase. Amen. So right after this, we see the next uh, person that Jesus encounters. It's in verses 35 through 43, and this is, this is another individual, and it happens to be a blind beggar. Okay, so we go from just here in Luke 18, you have children, you know, who are seen as insignificant and not worthy, to a rich young ruler who is seen as significant and worthy but does not end up following Jesus. And now we have a blind beggar. And so this, this uh, blind beggar, you know, Jesus is passing by on the road, and uh, the, the beggar is on the roadside begging, and he hears, Jesus hears the man's cries for help and immediately restores his sight. And it says, immediately, this man followed Jesus, glorifying God. So here we have another, you know, despised, rejected person in society 
joining Jesus' band. Yeah, by reading the counterpart of Matthew and Mark, the other two synoptic gospels, we find this is Bartimaeus. Right. And uh, here it is, this man, uh, blind, but yet what God does with him. And so here he praises the Lord, glorifying. Remember about the leper came back, glorifying the Lord. Here's Bartimaeus, glorifying the Lord. Sounds like good discipleship. (laughs) And so then in uh, Luke 19, the company then with Jesus would pass through Jericho. Okay, and so we know what happens when he comes to Jericho, who he meets. It's uh, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, right? And uh, I kind of picture Zacchaeus as, and hopefully this doesn't offend anybody, but, you know, sometimes we talk about people having short man syndrome, right? Like, you know, they might be small in stature, but so they try to overcompensate and make up for it in other ways and, you know, act tough and things. I think that is shown in his, quote, previous life. Yeah. You know, before yeah. Christ. Kind of picking on people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Economically, think, anyway. Yeah. You could see that. He was going to make up for that. Like a, but God did an amazing thing in his life between the uh, the bottom branch and the ground, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jesus changed his life. Jesus came to his house, had a meal. And by the end of the meal, Zacchaeus is standing up, showing his repentance of, and change of heart. I'm going to give away half of everything I have and repay everyone, uh, you know, at least double, I think it is. So. So here we are. Let's let's go over the list before we go to the fifth one. Uh, we may want to say more about Zacchaeus, but you you first have the leper that came back. Ten lepers, but one came yeah, back. Samaritan leper at that. Yeah, the infants, uh, the children that you know, very you know the apostles and everybody else wanted to keep them at bay, and Jesus wanted the children to come to him. And then you had the rich young ruler who came to Jesus in proud, thinking, "Okay, it'd be good for you to get me." And 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 I'd be great uh, to be that. Then you had blind Bartimaeus uh, who come glorifying the Lord. And now Zacchaeus, a reject, probably the most rejected, even a little bit more yeah, than, than a so. leper because lepers were looked at. Well, they could not help but get it. But this Zacchaeus, he, he's he made a willful choice, willful yeah. choice to become that Roman tax collector. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, we. We're both Baptist, and so we like to alliterate things. I think those <laughs> things go together. So let, let's alliterate the, the four groups of people who are following Jesus now, uh, going to be a part of Jesus' church that he's building. We have the diseased, the defenseless, the desperate, and the despised. Wow. Now, all four of those groups, usually when they meet Jesus, make pretty good disciples. You know— uh, there's an old song, and I refer to it on exploring the word that I do Monday through Friday uh, on American Family Radio, and it's, uh, you know, a song that Dottie Rambo wrote, It's and it's an old song, Nathan, and but yet it just speaks to my heart. Roll back the memory of curtain, uh, the curtain of memory now and then, and show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Mm. I, I, I. I want to know that. I, I see the grace of God, and I know where he brought me from. But when I think of me staying in my sin and where I would have been without God's intervention in my life, God intervened in all four of these lives. Yeah, I'm blind. The blind could see. Uh, you know, the, the leper was cleansed. 
Zacchaeus' heart was completely changed. The children had come to meet Christ and had had met the Son of God. The difference he makes. Yeah. So if Jesus was planting a church, these are the people, but what a difference he would make. That's the influence. I just want to say yeah. a word. That's the influence of a church, a real church. That's the influence of a real church, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, amen. It changed. changed lives. That's right. Um, and unfortunately, the the one person that we uh, encounter here in our in our study that misses out on all this, that misses out on that life change, uh, was the rich young ruler who thought he had it all together and didn't really need to change. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, I want to ask you this, and I want you to keep on teaching. So... Those of us who want to plant a church and we go to the up and in rather than the down and out, we may be having less success. Now, that doesn't mean God leaves the up and in out. No. No, he, he wants them to because he wanted this rich young ruler. And like he, you said, we don't know the final result. He could have, but we know he went away sad at that moment. That's right. The invitation was still open to him. Jesus still open. Uh, you know, loved this man. And Matthew was a tax collector who had great money. Now, I know, you know, Zacchaeus had the money as well, but he threw a party for Jesus and invited all of his friends. Yep. You know, so we, we're, we're seeing that, that Jesus planting a church, um, he, he's going to do it for those that are desperate, defenseless. Right. He, he has room for them, doesn't he? Oh, definitely. And, you know, they're close to Jesus's heart. And here's what I would say. Um, is, you know, in observing um, around the country and diff- a lot of our church's uh, efforts at church planting and even making disciples, unfortunately, I think we're missing out on great harvest uh, because of who we're quote-unquote targeting, who we're trying to go after, where we're trying to plant churches even. Uh, and we're again, we're not saying that um, you know, those people that seem to have it all together actually do and don't need a savior and don't need, we don't need to plant churches among them. We're not saying that, but I do see mostly that's where we're trying to go. That's, that's most of our efforts are those kind of places, those kind of neighborhoods, those kind of people. And we're missing out, uh, so many people that are on the margins of our society that, that need to hear good news. And many of them have not heard it yet. Um, and let me just give you a little, couple little lists. And again, this is not a uh, this is not a political statement or racial thing at all. This is just I'm just going to give you a couple lists to contrast. Okay, uh, where do you see most of our church planting efforts taking place in America today? So one list you have: suburban, wealthy, white, influential, educated, Republican. Well-connected Americans, okay? In some ways, they kind of can fit into that rich young ruler mold, okay? Um, what about, what about the, this group of people? The urban, the poor, the people of color, the powerless, the illiterate, Democrats, the lonely, the immigrants, are we neglecting those people where Jesus wants to build his church and see his glory shine down and extend from? Jesus, build your church. Use us to reach those who need to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
make the difference in their lives. And may they come to know him in his total being as Lord and Savior. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio Network and Urban Family Network.